If you happen to notice the uh, title of my message this morning, uh, When Will the End Come? You might have thought I was going to talk about COVID-19 and, and when would the uh, end of the virus come, the end of the pandemic. Uh, no, I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'll leave that up to Dr. Fauci, and he's already announced that uh, we'll have herd mentality by the end of May, maybe even April, if we're lucky, because so many people are getting vaccinated. But I'm dealing with a question that we find in Mark's gospel, because during this Lenten season, our messages have been focusing on the gospel according to Mark. And as we've seen so far in chapters four to eight of Mark's gospel, Jesus continues his mighty works, his healings, his miracles, including the feeding of the multitudes, his teaching, and so on. But then in chapter 8, we find a situation in which the Pharisees wanted to test Jesus by asking for a sign from heaven. And Jesus responds to them by saying, no sign will be given. They wanted a sign of when they knew the end would be here. And Jesus says, no sign will be given. As far as signs are concerned, there are none, says Jesus. But later in chapter 13, Jesus talks about things that will happen in the future, including the appearance of the Son of Man, or what a lot of people call the second coming. And the disciples ask him again, when will these things take place? What will be the sign? Jesus simply says to them to stay on your toes and stay alert because nobody knows the day or the time, not even the son, but only the father knows. The important thing is to be ready at all times, not be fooled by false prophets or people who go around saying they know when the end will come or the end is near. Don't let anyone mislead you, Jesus says. Many will come in my name claiming that they know or even claiming to be the Messiah. But don't be fooled by them. You know, throughout Christian history, time and again, there have been those who have claimed that the end is coming and even have given a specific date as to when it will be. Back in the, the early 1800s, in 1833, a man by the name of William Miller announced to all of his followers that the end was going to come that year. People believed him. A lot of people sold their property, all their possessions. They donned white robes. Some of them went to the mountaintop because they thought that's where Jesus would appear. Some went to the valleys thinking he would appear there. And when it didn't happen in 1833, William Miller kind of checked and he said, oh, wait, I made a mistake. It's 1843 that it's going to happen. So for 10 more years, people got ready, got excited. The end was coming. Jesus was going to return. And when it didn't happen in 1843, well, Mr. William Miller just kind of uh, disappeared from the scene. We saw a lot of this same thing. Uh, at the turn of the century, in the year 2000 when it came. So many people talked about the end was going to happen. You remember Y2K, we nicknamed it. The second coming was going to take place. 
Some people have even said that the year 2013 was when the end of the world was going to take place. I guess they base that on the fact that the, uh, the ancient Mayan calendar ran out in 2013 because they believed that a great meteorite was going to crash into the earth and destroy the whole world. And people believe that. You read that in the headlines again. And whenever there are wars or earthquakes or major global changes, like the birth of the state of Israel in 1948, or the end of communism in Russia, the doomsday sayers always say, it's the end, the end is here, the end is going to take place. The rise of ISIS, the end is here. Whenever anybody says they know when the end is coming, there's one thing for sure that I know, and that's that they're wrong because nobody knows the time. Jesus said nobody knows for sure, not even the Son. Only the Father knows when the end will be. So don't be fooled by false prophets, but the important thing is to be ready for it no matter when it happens especially if it might happen today. Jesus said before the end takes place, there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be earthquakes. There will be starvation in many places. There will be persecution of the faithful. All these things have taken place for thousands and thousands of years. But all this is not the end. These things will happen, Jesus says. It's a part of life in this world, but that doesn't mean it's the end time. And then Jesus told a story. He talked about a man who went away on a journey and he left his servants in charge of everything. He tells them to take care of his property, to do whatever it takes, but he wanted them to be alert on the watch until he came back. You don't know when the master will come back. It could be in the evening. It could be at midnight. It could be for the dawn in the morning. But if he comes suddenly and unexpectedly, don't let him catch you asleep. Be alert, Jesus said in the story. The important thing is when the end comes, whenever it comes, we must be ready. We should live every day and every moment of each day as if it might be our last here on earth because who knows that it might be. In a world with car wrecks and plane crashes, a world of cancer and COVID and heart attacks and strokes and terrorists, who really knows when the end might come for each one of us? There is no guarantee and anybody who thinks otherwise is only a fool. So how do we stay alert? How do we stay ready for whenever the end might come? First of all, we need to realize that this is an imperfect world. Every day we experience its imperfection in crime, corruption, wars and terrorism, prejudice and bigotry, stress and strain, all kinds of bruised and broken relationships. Just read the headlines every day. Look at the news and you will see what an imperfect world this is. But that's not new. Nobody ever said it would be perfect. 
In fact, we were told it won't be perfect. But as Christians, we are called to do our best, to work our hardest, to make the best of whatever the situation might be, to create the best life possible for all people. That's what Jesus Christ is all about. And that's what we do as followers of Christ. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're committed to do, especially together as the church. For example, if there's a, a bad situation where you work, you should work hard to make it a good situation, as good as possible. If things aren't so good in marriage or family life, we must work hard, do our best to make it the best it can possibly be. And here at the church, that's what our ministries are all about. Whether they be youth and children's ministries or recovery groups or uh, Meals on Wheels or Stephen Ministry or AA or Al-Anon or Divorce Care, all the things we offer through the life of the church are trying to make life as good as it can possibly be for everyone that we can possibly help. It's all about being the best and not settling for second best and helping others, especially the less fortunate, to also find life at, at the best it can possibly be. And that's what it means to be in Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be all that you can be, to develop your full potential, to use all the skills and abilities that you were given when God created you to live up to your potential. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. Don't settle for mere existence. Make sure you discover life in all its fullness. And so almost any day of the week, if a homeless person shows up here at the church, we're going to try and give them something to eat. If a teenager is having trouble with his or her parents, we're going to try and work with them to help make it a better situation. If somebody is depressed or struggling in life, we're here to try and help them deal with it in the best way they possibly can. I think it's interesting how some Christians and some churches like to talk about themselves as being part of the reformed tradition. I like to say we're in the transformed tradition transforming human lives through the power of Jesus Christ. And not only do we seek to transform individual lives, but we also want to transform society itself. We work against the evils of the world, whether it be abuse or oppression or poverty or inequality or racism or homelessness or this growing gap between the rich and the poor. In the spirit of Jesus Christ's love, we want all people to enjoy all the basic human rights that everybody should have. And that includes the right to food, to clothing, to shelter, to affordable medical care, to a decent education, the right to work and earn a living, the right to participate in the decision-making process, the government, that affects your life. And as the Bible says about the community of faith, when one suffers, we all suffer together. But when one rejoices, we all celebrate together. And as long as one person 
is oppressed, nobody is really going to be free. This is what it means to be alert, to be on watch, to be ready for whenever the end might come, even if it came today. But nobody knows when it will be. But this is what life in Jesus Christ is all about, living each day as if this might be the last. And unless and until we come to realize this, there will be a spiritual cancer in our society, a, a hole in our soul. And there'll be so much missing in our lives if we don't work to make every day the best it can possibly be. Nobody knows for sure when you're going to die or I'm going to die. Only God knows for sure. But we should live each day as if it might be our last. So we live a life of compassion, always trying to do the right things. We tell our loved ones every day how much we care about them. Don't assume that they know. Tell them in those words, I love you. We help those who are in need and who are struggling. We work with both individuals and systemic evil in our world. This is what it means to be alert, to be on the watch, to be taking care of God's world until the end, whenever it might be, shall come. And when the end does come, we won't have any regrets. We aren't called to be successful all the time, and we're not. Sometimes we try and fail. But we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. And if it doesn't work out, we're called to try again and again and to keep on trying as often as it takes. That's why I tell my family, and I also will say to you, that if something were to happen to me, you can know for sure that I have no regrets because I have tried to live my life to the fullest according to the guidelines of Christ. And when we're serious about living in Christ and not just playing games with it, we work to become all that we can possibly be, the best that we can possibly be, not just for ourselves, but for everybody else as well. There's an email that uh, first showed up in my email box many years ago, and then it showed up again several years later. And it's an email that, as far as I'm concerned, ought to be sent and resent on a regular basis as a reminder to all of us. But this email said, when your time comes and this life is over, God won't ask you what kind of a car you drove. He'll ask how many people you drove in that car who didn't have transportation. God won't ask the square footage of your house, but he'll ask how many people did you welcome into your house. God won't ask about the clothes that you've got in your closet, but he'll ask how many people did you help to clothe. God won't ask about your social status, but he'll ask what kind of class did you display. God won't ask how many material possessions you had. He'll ask if you were controlled by them. Did they dictate your life? God won't ask what your highest salary was, but he'll ask, did you have to compromise your character 
in order to get it? God won't ask what you did to help yourself. He'll only be interested in what you did to help others. God won't ask how many friends you had, but he'll ask how many people were there to whom you were a friend. God won't ask in what kind of neighborhood did you live, but he'll ask how well did you treat your neighbors. God won't ask about the color of your skin. He'll only ask about the content of your character. How much plainer can it be? Nobody knows the day or the time when the end will come, when the Lord will return. But the important question is, will you be ready? Especially if it turns out to be today. And maybe, just maybe, all these things that I have mentioned could possibly be saying that the master has already come. And the kingdom is already here among us, within us, just like Jesus said. And then the question is, will the master say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in. Amen.